Minda Honorado and Bagnardi right here on the 104.5 The Team ESPN Radio Facebook page. We're with you every Wednesday afternoon. Chris Honorado, Sean Bagnardi, Ashley Miller's with us here as well because what beats free help? Nothing. Exactly. Yeah. That's right. So Ash is in with <laughs> us and we'll play 0, 050 or 100 coming up uh, on today's show. But right off the top, you can see behind me, we've got Sarah Kustak on the phone with us. She's the lead NBA analyst for the Yes Network. She broke a lot of barriers in that, and we'll get into that certainly with Sarah. But uh, she's on the West Coast, close to where they're going to play game three tonight. Finally, we get an NBA <laughs> Finals game. It feels like it's been too long, but game three is tonight between the Raptors and the Warriors. We'll get into all that with Sarah here, and I know Sean will ask her plenty about your Nets. I'm chomping at the bit. You all know, right. Chris, I watch all 82. I know you do. And we got and five more like this one year. or two in the morning. <laughs> That's yeah. right. So I'm fired up. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So without further ado, uh, Sarah, first of all, uh, good afternoon. Thank you so much for taking the time with us here. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. Sean, I'm not going to assume you did it for me, but I love that you're rocking the, the uh, Jason Kidd Nets jersey. So uh, a, lot of, a lot of love for, for the organization. So I, I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate being on with us. Thank you. Uh, so, Sarah, before we really get rolling, and actually this is, what, almost two years ago now, I know we had you on the radio side of things here in Albany to talk about you becoming the first female full-time color analyst for an NBA team and you broke barriers in that regard. If I could just take you back to that moment and now having done it for a little while, do you have perspective on, on kind of what bar you've been able to set? I, it's, it's crazy to me that you just said that was two years ago because in the ways it, it feels like an eternity and then in other ways it feels like it was just a few months ago. Uh, however, it, it's been extraordinary and I think I even said this to you when we talked early on and I was um, just getting started in this role that it truly is for, has surpassed all expectations just in how much I enjoy it. I love it. I love the challenge and uh, the opportunity to grow, to continue getting better. And and I feel like now you're, you're seeing it, uh, even in the short time span, I'm seeing more opportunities and maybe not on a full-time basis uh, for different females or women in some of these roles and, and doing different games. I think don't go down the list, but um, but I, I feel like it's something now that I haven't, I don't talk about it that much anymore. Hmm. People don't talk about it too much anymore. It, it's become much more normalized, and um, the role I'm in and how it's looked at is, is um, no longer really, it, it feels like people don't look at it quite as, as being, you know, unique to my gender with who I am and the role that I'm in. So, so that I appreciate and I love it. I know Sean knows having watched all 82 and you can add in 87 with, with the playoffs this season. It, it's been extraordinary, you know, as I've been able to do it more and all of us and our incredible team at Nets on Yes and uh, with Ian Eagle and Ryan Rucco and Richard Jefferson joining in, um, Jim Snorkle, everyone um, that's a part of it, Michael Grady. Um, how tremendous the team was this year. Like that was something that I had so much fun my first year doing it um, and, and the team played hard and they were exciting to watch but it, it was still a work in progress translating that into wins so this past season was just, um, it was just fantastic to, to be a part of um, and, and I'm not going to lie, it's always fun calling basketball games, but it is a little bit, is a little bit more fun with the team. Uh, the team you're calling games for is, is winning and playing in, in the manner and the style that they did. Yeah, a little more fun to watch, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I'm sure from your perspective, too. 
I was going to ask you about the team because that is one of the things that makes watching all 82 more bearable, even when they're not playing well. But I know you mentioned Ian Eagle, who, of course, in my opinion, is the best in the biz. You yeah. know that, Chris. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> talk about the addition of, of RJ a little bit this year and what he's been able to bring kind of as a, a guy who doesn't really hold much back. You know, what's it like having him join the team? It's fantastic. I mean, he's extraordinary. And the thing I appreciate most, and I knew Richard fairly well just um, from still when he was still playing, so we would cover them or you catch up with them. And I think there's always just such a, a small community of people that you get to know, and especially when you're calling games for an organization that someone played with. Um, but he, I will say this, RJ does not hold back. He is hilarious, as we all know, you know, in, in, in broadcasting, in person, in social media, whatever. He is who he is and his most genuine, authentic self, regardless of circumstance. Um, so I think that's the beauty of, of why he's been so successful so quick, is that he, he's a natural on TV because he's just who he is as a person. Um, but he also, he studies the game cares about getting better like I can't tell you how much you know he, he asked so many questions about um, you know the ways in which he could be a better analyst a better broadcaster a studio host he not only I mean I know he was calling our game but there was a couple times later in the season he wanted to not just be in the studio with the role of the analyst but try actually being the host of the show so he's um, he's just so attached to wanting to grow and get better it's really really refreshing to see because we know he would be um, excellent at, at this job and at breaking down games or you know bringing a, a perspective of having played in the finals or having played for the Nets or what it's like throughout the course of the season uh, but add in the fact that he is so determined um, to really figure out the whole TV side of things is, is something that's amazing and, and if you watch you know that all of us you know we, we rag on each other we have fun um, we try to be be our best, but it, it's really special when you truly have a chemistry and like all the people that you're working with. And um, we always hope that that comes across on the broadcast, just how much we all truly enjoy one another. And I think that always kind of makes for a better broadcast when you know people aren't are, are just doing it for show and aren't just doing it for the cameras, but, but are genu genuinely friends um, off the air. And I heard Richard the other night recruiting Andre Iguodala to the all bald club saying like Andre it's time man come come to the other side here so Sarah I want to ask you about Iguodala's role here tonight especially if the Warriors don't have Klay Thompson he obviously makes the huge shot in game two to put that thing away he is already a finals MVP when Golden State won it the first time around is Iguodala the key tonight if Thompson doesn't play or is it a lesser known guy like maybe an Alfonso McKinney for the Warriors I, 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 what is so special to me about this final is that I agree with that. I do kind of think so, but also that there's been nothing that's been predictable about these teams. And I think a lot of it is because of the injuries and is because of the health um, status and, and just who's going to be in the lineup and who's going to be in the rotation. Um, I will say I think even if Clay can barely walk, I think he's still going to try and play. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows what percentage he? I am telling you, he's one of the toughest, toughest guys that, that um, we have ever seen in the league, and just how he handles things. Um, I think he's a huge key, but I also think like Kevon Looney not being able to play somewhat changes the dynamic of the Warriors' rotation because since Kevin Durant went down, he's been the guy off the bench. 
getting the most minutes. DeMarcus Cousins, of course, um, was fouled in game one, and then all of a sudden we, we really, um, you know, played so well in game two. So how that changes what they do. Um, you know, the funky little the five, five minute stretch or so in the fourth quarter, the box, the box and one uh, that we saw out of the Raptors against Curry. I, I think we've seen just so many different um, changes and coaches' moves and um, how they've made adjustments on the fly and, and what kind of combinations of both these teams kind of having the versatility to go big, to go small. So I'm excited. I'm always excited. I know we all are anytime you get more finals games. Um, and a great series, but like this, this to me is going to be absolutely intriguing because I think oftentimes you kind of know what to expect or know some of the moves the team might make, and, and you really don't. But I, I do. I think Andre Iguodala has always been. It, it's so much fun to continue watching what he's done because every regular season he's you know he, he's getting himself set up. He play, he plays for the postseason and he always just um, plays so tremendously given what he does on both ends of the floor. Are the Warriors better without Kevin Durant? Oh, that can't be the it. case, right? That just can't That's be the crazy. case. It's crazy, crazy, right? No. Okay, good. No. <laughs> good. I don't know how. I don't know how that got started exactly, um, or people even mentioned. No, like. I, I think that's absolute bananas. In no way, in no way, shape, or form, are you a better a better team with one of the best players on the planet? Um, however, I think we often it just when you look at things, the, the style of play naturally changes. And I think you know when Golden State then went through that Portland series, and you saw the way they were able to finish off Houston and then sweep Portland and do so in a manner, which I, I think, though, because they swept through them, you forget that in the last three games, Portland was up by at least 17 points in each of those. So it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily a, a, uh, the way it looked at the end, given the way the series had laid out. Uh, but I, I think the style of play, just um, because you don't have the dominance of Kevin Durant and a player that's so good in isolation and so good with the ball in his hands and can score – in any way on anyone, there is naturally more movement and more off-ball movement. You see um, different contributions from some of the more complimentary players, but I think that stands out, and, and I think oftentimes Steph or Clay um, or even Draymond, like Draymond is put in a different position on the floor, and um, he's asked to do different things that we saw in the earlier iteration of the Golden State Warriors championship team, so I think that's why often um, – they're still a, you know, they're still a championship team, and, and so that's why they look so good. But, but no, I think in, in no way you could never convince me in any aspect they're better. However, I think, I think the question you look at is, can they still, can they still win a championship without Kevin Durant? Like that's me going into this, this finals was to me that was a big question. Like, can this Warriors team still win a title um, without Kevin Durant? So we'll see if he comes back. But also, I think a lot has changed given play status. You lose a couple of of your role players. So um, and it's just I mean, think about how much has changed even from the start the uh, the start of the finals. And we're only heading into Game Three. But um, but no, I don't think that's the case. But but I do think it, it's something that um, that's always it's, it's a beautiful way to watch the way they run their offense, and how they play, and the amount of movement um, that comes with with the guys of Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond and uh, Iguodala being kind of your opponent. Sarah Kustak's a color analyst for the Yes Network, the Brooklyn Nets broadcasts, uh, also does some work for Fox Sports 1 uh, as well, which I know takes you out to the West Coast. Sarah, uh, you'll put your college hoops at DePaul for those 
who didn't know. On the Kevin Durant topic, I'm curious, what do you believe are the biggest factors in terms of whether KD stays or goes? If, if Golden State wins a title and he doesn't play, does that make it easier for him to leave or stay? Or if they lose, does it give him kind of more drive and desire to stay with this team to prove that they do need him in a way? I don't know. These are all great questions. Like, these are tremendous questions that I feel like we've all been talking about since, like, last November. I don't don't know. And, like, that's the tough thing, I think, um, you know, with all these free agents. I I love staying focused on the finals because we have such a a great series, I think, ahead of us. Um, But also, like, how how nuts is it going to be between the draft and the free agency? I mean, they're... There could be a potential for so much movement that could entirely change the landscape of the league as we know it and, and who the dominant teams are. And so um, I don't know. And I think that's something we naturally like put ourselves in that position. We're like, oh, if, if Golden State wins without him, then that would give him a, a better reason to leave. If they uh, can't win with him, then you know, without him, does he want to come back? So I, I don't know. Um, and I also think for all of us, and, and we're fans, and we watch, and like it, at the end of the day, too, like for these guys, like this is, yeah, it's their livelihood, but it's their life. It's where they live. It's who you're spending time with. Um, as we all know, with work situations, and I feel this way, you know, about uh, with the Nets, and you're you're traveling, you're around these people. It, it really does become your family. And so, um, I'm always someone. I think that you know, there, there's a reason why it's called free agency, and you have the agency to choose wherever you want to be, but. Um, I don't know if we have a good feel, you know, really for it. We you look at Kevin Durant, you look at whether it's Kawhi Leonard or, or Kyrie Irving or, um, you know, a variety of these players that their potential movement and will New Orleans trade Anthony Davis. I, th- I don't, there's a lot of dominoes that could affect others. I'm just not quite sure how, um, how that all factors in and how that plays in. And I always think, too, to your questions, which are great ones, guys could think that they know where they want to go or what they want to do, um, you know, at some point, a couple of months ago. And a lot can change given the way the season plays out or how things feel. So um, I got nothing. I have no idea. <laughs> I, talk to a different, I talk to a different person every day, and they are convinced that he's going here. He's coming here. It's a done deal. It's already happening. I just... I always think until until the season ends and people take a breath and really assess things, like nothing really is a dumb deal. And, um, you know, there, there's still a lot, a lot of opportunities for chances. And in all of these players, it's important to remember, are in really great situations that they're at. Yes. So, like, <laughs> I do think people could, could surprise everyone decides to stay or they think they're in good spot, you know, so... Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't have any answers for you, but I can tell you this: I think we're all going to have a lot of fun talking about it as, as the days um, lead up to and follow July first. Are you are you done bothering Sarah about the rest of the league now? Can I finally ask her about the Nets, please? <laughs> well, I would say one thing nice about the Nets here for you: that if I'm Durant and I want to go to New York, why not drive a new car, live in a new house? Right, instead of the Madison Garden allure where you find it's a money pit. Go to Barclays Center. Yeah, yes, exactly. Well and and part the one reason why I would think some might favor the Nets over the Knicks or other free agency destinations is because of the culture that's there now. And Sarah, you've been there for the entire evolution 
from where this team was to where they are now and how Coach Atkinson and Sean Marks have built this team up really from the ground, I mean, with, with nothing, with no picks, to working your way into the draft and making moves right. and being right. smart about it. So my question is, what has it been like for you seeing the evolution and the culture and Coach Atkinson and his impact on this team? It, it's truly, and I'm not just, I, I know I'm around it, so it seems like I would be a biased observer. Um, it has blown my mind how culture it has and will continue to be such a buzzword in the NBA. Like, oh, they've got the first, they've got a great culture. This team has a great culture. It, it is it, it feels tangible. Like it feels like you could look, you could see it in the work ethic, in the principles, in the attention to detail on a daily basis, on the way that, you know, since Sean Marks came in and hired Kenny Atkinson, how it would put your head down and we're just going to work. And we're not going to worry about not having traffic. We're not going to worry about initially what, you know, what the wins and losses look like. And, you know, if things look ugly, we are going to work our tails off and every day we're going to get in character guys we're going to get in guys that we trust and believe in one another that have great chemistry um, that buy into the principle of playing for something bigger than yourselves and there has just been a, a grind to this group um, that now resonates to everyone and, and it's you know from ownership to the front office to the coaching staff to the form staff and then the players and um, everyone else associated with it and so you know, you're reaping the benefits of things that, you know, going into last season, people were asking me, like, oh, so what do you say? There's no way they'll be in the playoffs. I'm like, I don't know, because you watch these guys who are all in Brooklyn, working out together all summer long, that enjoy each other, that like playing for one another, that, you know, are competitive pushing one another to be the best, and that, that's allowed everyone as a whole. And you, and you saw it. I know Sean did for sure. Throughout the course of the year, like, it, there were times the guys would have – DMPs for a stretch, and then they'd come in and when they needed them, and they'd be in an important role to, you know, a, a whole bunch of wins, and just um, there was fluctuations throughout, and, and it was some because of injury and some because of just the way things work, but it did not matter top to bottom. Everyone was always engaged and fully supportive of the end goal, and um, you know, getting to the playoffs and taking a step and becoming a better team and being a place that's attractive, at least attractive, for free agents because you've got the you got the arena, you've got the practice facility, you've got all the sparkly things that you would want in New York City, and um, you know all of that stuff. But but you have you know do you have the culture? Do you have the guys that you know believe that they could win? And do you have and, and so now that's all in place? And um, it's it just it's really been special to see. And I think they still believe, and you know anyone around it that they've got a long way to go. And um, a lot of pieces to fill in, but they did it in a very methodical and thanks to Sean Mark's strategic way. Um, and it was a slow build, but I think that's allowed them, um, you know, to get to this point to have some options. And I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see what they do because there's a lot of moving parts with some some things they can do, and that includes free agency, but also with some guys on their current roster. And just um, it, it's been no impressive just the way in which the moves they've made and how they've paid off and players that they've helped grow and develop and believe in and how they identify those players. Um, yeah, so it, it, Nets fans should be very optimistic about the future um, and just the direction this organization is heading because of the foundation 
I want to ask you about one of those young guys. You know, well, D'Angelo Russell was kind of the obvious emerging star on the team. He made the all-star team this year. But for me, the guy who I think his future, the future of the Nets is as important with this guy mm -hmm. as it is with D'Angelo Russell, to me it's Karis LeVert. And he, he went down this year, an injury that a lot of people thought he wouldn't come back from at all. Um, but he did. And he was, he seemed to be his old self uh, at the end of the year. But when he went down, he was actually the best player yeah. on the team, yeah. not Russell or anybody else. So do you agree with that statement, Sarah, that uh, the Nets' future kind of goes with Lavert as much as it goes with Russell or anybody else? Oh, I, I think the Nets' future goes with Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson. <laughs> um, I mean, I agree with what you're saying, but I don't, I, I think all of those pieces are so integral. I think Terrence LeVert is a guy that I have so much faith in that he is going to be tremendous in this league. Mm. Um, and, and like you said, I mean, he, he was having an all-star type season as, as he was getting on a roll before he got injured and was without a doubt the team's best player. Um, we also saw him come back in the postseason and be so dominant and play well. But, but I think... I think all of those guys, I mean, even what D'Angelo Russell turned into, the fact that Spencer Dinwiddie um, became a point guard that he did and still embraced that role of coming off the bench. Joe Harris, um, Jared Allen is a young big man that, yeah, you know, put on some muscle and some more physicality, uh, but showed so many flashes of, of, of ways in which his skill set could be so valuable. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing out on some other people, but I, but I think – I think it's the totality of it, and I think it's just believing in. Um, I think it's just believing in, you know, what they've put together and the type of guys they put together. That everyone, I think, everyone they look at is being very integral pieces to what they want to do, and it's just um, who fits best with who and, and players they can continue to add to that, that 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 can play alongside a lot of those guys. And I think many of them, um, you know, they're so versatile that you could put them in a lot of different spots. Sarah, we can't thank you enough for the time. Uh, get to In-N-Out Burger, of course, while you're there. Uh, brunch at Saddle Ranch on Sunset <laughs> Boulevard. Done. Already done. Okay, <laughs> perfect. You've taken care of the important things then when, uh, when in L.A. Again, thank you so much for the time. And I'll warn you as we do let you go that Tim Capstraw, the capper, who has Siena and Capital Region ties, I told how much of a Nets nut Sean is, and he invited us to a game for the next season. So if we take him up on that, we'll bother you when we're down there. One, I can't wait, and you better let me know. And two, Tim Capstraw is the best human being in the entire planet. I mean, um, I'm a little worried about... I would say that to any... He's an awesome <laughs> analyst, but I will say this, and then I do have to go. Um, when you ask about me and my job and moving into my role and figuring things, he, he has been one of the most integral people to help me continue to get better at my job. And we, as you know, him being the radio analyst and me being TV analyst and us going on the road and going to shoot around and talking hoops and breaking things down, um, I am forever grateful for the ways in which he's helped me become better. And he just, he's just absolutely awesome. So Capper's the best. Make him get you some tickets and head on out to the game. <laughs> Definitely to do that. For <laughs> no sure. better way to end it. Sarah, thank you so much for the time. We really do appreciate it. Uh, enjoy thank the finals. You thank you very much.